Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read from Acts chapter 2, verse 1, a very popular passage of Scripture. Today is Memorial Day, but it's also Pentecost Sunday, which is 50 days after Easter. It's Pentecost celebration. I'm grateful for the Word of God, and I'm glad I'm Pentecostal, I'll tell you that. I, I, I wouldn't want to go to a dead church. I, I wouldn't want to go to a church where we're locked into a schedule, amen, where, where God can't move and God can't interrupt. It's His church anyways, amen? So Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Everyone say, fully come. fully come? That means there was a specific time and place for it. They were all with one accord in one place. That's one big Honda, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pastor humor, sorry. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Everyone say it was for each of them. Amen. There's a pattern here for Pentecost. And if you stay with the pattern, you'll always get the garment of praise. Amen? You'll always get what God designed for the church to be. And verse 4, And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as they did it, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen? So God spoke through them, and there dwelled at Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven. And they all heard them speak with tongues in a later part of Scripture and glorify God. It got so loud it spilled out into the streets. God wants this to be noticed. Amen? He wants Pentecost to be noticed. So let's pray together as I preach just for a little while the spirit of Pentecost. Jesus, Lord God, we surrender ourselves. Lord God, you gave us life and hope. You've planted into us great things that we want to see a harvest in. We want to see it come to maturity. So today, as we talk about these things, God, I'm asking you that you would do a work in us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. You may be seated as long as you're not quiet. Acts chapter 2 is a very powerful set of scriptures, for it is the birth of the church. Everyone say the birth of the church. This is going to be participatory today, amen? So, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, the wind pneuma, the same word used for Holy Spirit, Holy Pneuma, the same word from which we get pneumatic tools. I've said that before. Something that works has to have wind to it, amen? Something that works in a church has to have a touch of the Holy Ghost on it. If it's not a touch of the Holy Ghost, we're just doing church work and not doing the work of the church, amen? So if God doesn't anoint it, we need to shut it down, and we need to go another direction, and we need to find out wherever he's moving, I want to be moving, amen? And he moves on us every single Sunday so that he can move in us and move us to where he wants us to be. There's a constant moving. There's no good... Uh, church or good program or good understanding of how church works if there's no motion involved. Everything that we look at in the scriptures, when God designs it, he builds it for motion. He builds it to be able to be mobile and move and do things and, and interact with its environment. And, and if you know anything about vehicles, you realize that if you buy a brand new vehicle, as, as nice as that vehicle may be, if you take that vehicle home and you park it and leave it in the driveway and do not move that vehicle, 
It will begin to deteriorate faster than if you drove it on a daily basis. The vehicle is designed for motion. And I want to tell you that the church was designed for motion. We're not designed to sit still. We're not designed to sit idle. Somebody said amen. We're not designed to be a tributary where all of us gather together and nurse each of each each other's wounds and say how bad the weekend was for each one of us. This is supposed to be a place where we come with our thumb in the Bible and say, look at this verse I found about how great and mighty our God is. Look at how David got up whenever he was down. Look at how Elijah saw things come together and he saw things working and he saw things moving and how God touches those things. And so the power of God is very important. And I want to talk to you about three things with the spirit of Pentecost because the church has a tendency to change as culture changes. It's not a good thing, but as culture diminishes, sometimes the church tends to go with it and we lose the pureness and the essence of what God wanted for his church in the beginning. So I have to tell you that in order for us to go deeper in this new series that we're starting today, and I I know that my spirit's calling for something deeper. Have you ever had your spirit call for something deeper? You didn't know how to get there. You didn't know what it was. You didn't know what that more was. But there's something aching and nagging at you saying, I want more than where I am right now. That deeper calling is because God designed us to have the power of the Holy Ghost moving us. Amen? The deep things of God. The Bible says the deep calleth unto deep. And you can't, you can't go to deeper things unless you desire to change some things about the distinctions of your life. And the things that have to change is, number one, you have to detox your life spiritually. James 1 and 21, it tells us this in the verse that they throw it up there. It talks about that there's things that we need to take out of our life. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity. What that means is to set aside or separate all things that are filthy of this world that are overflowing. Superfluity or overflowing wickedness. Lay it aside. Separate yourself from it and naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. The, the thing that I want to focus on first is when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were prepared for it. Amen. They were in the upper room, 120 of them, and they had been waiting on the spirit to move them. Amen. So it wasn't like a surprise to them. They knew God had given the promise. It was going to come. But they had to show up where the promise was going to come. Amen. They had to get there. And they had to be ready. And they had to be expecting. And they had to be wanting what God wanted for them. So as I'm preaching here today, I wonder if there's anybody has, who has noticed because of our culture changing that the church seems to be dumbing down the word of God. And the seed planted in our life doesn't have the potential that it used to have and we come here with a lot of fluff sometimes but I want you to know that I didn't bring you any fluff and I'm under surgery right now for somebody's soul from the Holy Ghost I feel like God has given me a very specific task today to tell you you need to lay aside some things that easily beset you there's some weights possibly in your life there's some things giving you toxic understanding and toxic relationships and you need to put those aside and separate yourself from them because separation gives preparation for the move of the Holy Ghost there's always a double emphasis on separation and so when we talk about detoxing our soul there's people that do different things to detox their body amen you don't like go to the store eat an apple and all of a sudden you're healthy okay 
It just doesn't, doesn't happen like that. You have to make a conscious effort to eat better, to live right, to exercise, to do things that make your body stronger. You have to detox your systems over time, and that's what the Word of God is. And so when Pentecost was fully come, it said it was like a fire set up on each of them. It, the Bible uses two symbols, water and fire for the Holy Spirit. Both of those are agents that clean contaminants. When you burn something, it kills off everything when you wash something it cleanses amen so God is trying to say my spirit is a washing spirit my spirit is a cleansing spirit it'll burn hatred out of you it'll burn malice out of you it'll burn bitterness out of you I hope I hope you help me preach today it'll burn everything out of you that you do not need in your life amen so that the word of God can be the seed planted in you and it grows because everywhere God plants something the enemy plants as well because he wants to devalue the crop that's already planted. Doesn't change what's planted, amen? Doesn't change the owner of who planted it, amen? But the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit being put in them. It is the planting. And anytime God does a creative work, he does two things. Number one is he plants a seed and he speaks to it, amen? When he creates something, he forms man from the dust of the ground, and he blew or spoke. And whenever he was creating initially, he was creating the world. The Bible says that when he saw the darkness, it was, there was darkness, it was void. And he decided to create light from darkness. There was a separation that he had to make. The darkness he did not create because God is light, amen? Light does not create darkness. It, does, it just reveals itself. And so what God did was when he created, he spoke and there was light. Let there be light. So he created out of him himself what he was pure light he created light and light separated from the darkness and when we have the holy ghost come it is the representation of god's spirit inside of us and it automatically will separate things from us it will automatically try to push us out of relationships that are toxic out of our life it'll suddenly all of a sudden we'll have relationships where we got along with them just fine but something starts happening where it deteriorates and we don't understand it but if you try to keep something together that god's trying to separate you will be the most miserable per person on the planet most miserable person on the planet so let me get you to the, the the principle the principle is this when god joins something together we should not separate it amen what God has joined together that no man separate. That's not just talking about marriage, Tasha. Tasha, that's not just talking about next weekend, amen? That's talking about whenever, whenever God puts two things together, like success and separation. Those two things have to be together. If you're going to get good at something, you have to separate yourself from some things and focus on being good at that, amen? There's some other principles. God puts some things together that all throughout time they play out, not only in the church, but in other places. And I'm going to get back to this detox moment in just a second. But what God's joined together, let no man put asunder. So God has joined holiness with lifestyle. And you cannot separate. If you try to separate that, it'll tear you apart. You'll get confused and you won't understand. But God never separates the two because holiness comes from him. So the Pentecost that I'm preaching about today is God's holiness in us. Amen. When the holiness was poured out, it was the Holy Spirit. I'm not holy. Are you holy? God, we, we can't be holy unto ourselves. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Amen. So the only holiness in us is what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. So when we live our lives and God starts speaking to us about you don't need that anymore and you don't need that and why don't we change this? What's happening? The holiness that is in us 
is causing separation from light and darkness. He's saying you don't need your past anymore. That's darkness. Light has come. You don't need what used to hinder you because light has come. You don't need what was the tabernacle because Pentecost has come. Amen. And I'm grateful for the birth of the church. And that encourages me because this world has so many things it plants in our life. Our media and our and Hollywood and the toxic nature of everything that's out there. And I'm, I, I want to give an illustration. I don't know if you can see this or not, but I'm, I'm going to try to, I'll, I'll pull it out here. Hold on a second. The Bible says, stir up the gift that lieth in you. And this is something that I like to use. Have you ever seen this? This is salad dressing. The oil on top is us. The Holy Spirit's on the bottom. And if we let it sit dormant, like I was talking about, if you don't use it and if it doesn't move you, you let the Holy Spirit sit dormant, it will stop affecting your life. That's why the Bible says, stir up the gift that is within you so that you can be affected in every area of your life by the Holy Spirit. Literally a stirring inside of you. And we get here and we start worshiping and we feel God's presence and he starts stirring and it feels good, doesn't it? It feels very good. So what happens is we get full of God's Spirit and if you get full enough, you know what happens? You overflow. It comes out the brim of the cup. If you get full enough of the Holy Ghost, it overflows out the brim. It comes out the mouth. Amen? That's what's awesome about the Holy Spirit. If you get so full of God, you will speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Amen? And the interesting thing about that is that God plants the Holy Spirit in us as a seed, as a planting of the Lord, so that it can grow and mature into the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? So the fruit of the Spirit that it talks about in the Scriptures, which I have the reference, but I'm off my notes. So just go with me, okay? Give me just Pentecost Sunday. Give me that. I'll preach. So what happens is the Spirit of the Lord begins to work, and we begin to develop fruit love joy peace gentleness faithfulness all of those things come from the planting of the holy spirit in us but when he plants in us he also speaks us into a new creation amen we are new creatures in christ jesus old things are passed away behold all things are become new so he not only has to plant but he has to speak so when you become full of the holy ghost he will utter out your tongue his creative word so when we speak in tongues that is simply god's utterance through the spirit of god doing a creative work in us amen so we're planted and we're spoken through so when the Bible says that they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance, it is evidence that God is doing a creative work for his church, just like the pattern from before. Every pattern he has, he fills and he speaks. He does a work, he does a planting, and everything he does has its seed in it, amen? It's called an apple seed, but it's not an apple, is it? If you plant it and give it long enough, it becomes an apple tree that produces an apple. God does the same thing with us. He plants the spirit of God in us so that it can grow and it can mature. But the problem is there's too much toxic stuff in the soil. So what happens is we can't grow into maturity. We can't do what God wants us to do because there's things that we experience every week. Something's dropping into our life. Amen? Something's constantly putting something bad. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's our own influence. Maybe it's things that we, we like to watch. And, and what happens is it begins to mix into our life, and we become blue. <laughs> Sorry about that. We become blue, amen? 
We become sad. We become confused. It muddies the waters of our life. We can't necessarily hear God's voice very well because it's so dark. But the thing about the Holy Ghost is if you get filled with God's Spirit and you go back to His presence, the Bible says that He wants to, us to go deeper and He begins to fill it. He doesn't want us to live with what's in us. He wants us to live in the overflow. Amen? He wants us to live in the power of God. So as we begin to live in the power of God, He begins to... I put too many drops in. I was only supposed to put two. I ruined my own illustration. But if I kept living in the power of God's presence flowing over me, it cleanses what's in me out. So it detoxes my life. So the power of Pentecost is I don't have to go through a six-step program. I just have to get filled with God's presence to overflowing and speak in other tongues and let his creative work do its thing in me. Amen? Is that all right? So we must... Understand that we're the planning of the Lord. The Bible talks of out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. When toxic things get in our heart, they come out our mouth. Have you ever been around somebody and all they can do is talk about their hurts? All they can do is talk about what they're struggling with? And I understand that because I'm a pastor. I know that's what's been put in. But what comes out of the mouth, if it comes from the heart, you can begin to change what's in your heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.24 that above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. The flow of God's Spirit comes out your mouth. Amen? I'm trying to get to that because what you speak has power. Amen? So if what you're saying is coming from your heart that's wounded and it's all your struggle and it's all your problems, you're speaking a creative word just like God speaks over us. Every time you say, I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if that relationship is ever going to come together. I don't know if I'm ever going to have enough to pay for this or that. What you're doing is you're talking from what's in your heart, but you're also creating a cycle. Amen? So when you speak out, you're creating what goes back into your heart. So what's your heart comes out what's out goes back into your heart it's a cycle do you understand what i'm saying so as you begin to speak better things as god touches you and you begin to get some power in your life and you begin to say you know what i want more than where i've been i want more than what i've had i'm not going to talk and complain like i've been i'm i'm just gonna it's there i can't deny it there's stuff there but i'm not gonna focus on that i'm gonna focus on what god has done in me that he's planting things in me and if i can grow those things up and I can detox my life then God will allow it to become mature so you have to have a detoxification it's really hard sometimes to detox ourselves sometimes we don't see what we're doing to ourselves because of the fact that we're so used to the problems that we deal with but if you have a friend show up and he says hey bro you need to deal with that hey sister you need to deal with that you need to take that to heart Because that's somebody who cares enough about you to tell you what you might need to see that you can't see. Amen? So it's important that we do that. God has joined some things together. I'm back to this because my next point, number one is devotion. I mean, number one, to go deeper, you have to detox. Number two, in order to go deeper, you have to have a devotion to God. Amen? Everyone say devotion. Devotion determines destiny. It really does. And and so, so we understand that when God joins some things together, that we shouldn't take them apart. Amen? God joined his nature with the number one. Amen? We shouldn't take that apart. Amen? 
God is one. Hallelujah, somebody. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That devotion to God makes him singular in our life. Amen? When we begin to devote ourselves to God, we pick up his nature through the power of his spirit that's been put in us because we are Pentecost. Amen? When we become what the spirit and and has done in Acts chapter 2, when we have that experience, we become the walking church. We become the Pentecost that we see them experience. We experience it. And the church that is going to grow and the church in this day that's going to accomplish the things that God wants it to accomplish and push back against the immorality of this tide of, of this world and the culture that we see diminishing, the church that's going to be successful is a church that knows how to have the Spirit of God touch them and make them singular in their efforts and their focus. Amen? It's a church that that knows how to let God teach them to put away idols in their life, resisting things because there's only one God. And when his nature gets in us by his spirit, then we start not wanting anything other than one God in our life. And we start putting him back up on the throne of our life. Amen? We start putting him as number one because there's a singularity that comes into our heart and we only want what God wants for us because he knows what's best. Amen? So I think it, breaks God's heart every time whenever the people of God in the scriptures start reaching for something that God intended himself to be for them. When God brings the people out of Egypt, Israel, he brings them out of Egypt and they get into, they get into the battle where the king is coming, the Pharaoh is coming after them. They were fine going out to worship. They were fine with walls of water on each side. They were fine with the miracles that Moses was performing. But when they found out they were going to be in a battle, when they found out that Pharaoh was coming after him because he lost all his labor force, they realized that it was going to get difficult. Sometimes the most difficult place is being in the middle of a change in your life. Amen? Whenever God has filled you with his spirit, but you haven't seen all that God wants to do with you, there is a there's a hunger in you, but it is something that's tearing at you. Amen? It's literally trying to pull you apart because you're on your way somewhere and there's a path still behind you that you live. There's a path behind you, but you're being drawn to something you've never been to before. And that middle place is a very bad place to be. It's very difficult to be living in. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ stepped in the middle for me. Amen? I'm thankful that Jesus Christ became the middleman for me, amen? That he was 100% God, but 100% man. And he died on the middle cross so that I could be saved and I could be washed in the blood. And so my past doesn't draw me back to it, but I can walk into whatever he has for me. I'm glad he became the middleman for me. I'm glad he drew me deeper. But one of the greatest components that is stealthy, in separation, him drawing us out, him drawing the children of Israel out, is that when we don't understand that there is a fight and there's a struggle, we can get get to where we're blaming God. Moses, understand this, Moses spent 40 years in Midian to prepare him for bringing the people of Israel out. He spent 40 years. Joseph went to Egypt and was separated to Egypt so that his separation could produce preparation so he could save his brothers and his family. 
the one from which Jesus' lineage would be born. If Joseph hadn't gone to Egypt and been separated, he literally wouldn't have been prepared to be the, the person that was like their Messiah, giving them food and saving them, his family, so that the line of Judah could be preserved so that Jesus could be born of that lineage. It's important that we understand that the middle place is a place just as anointed as being full of the Holy Ghost. When you're dancing and you're shouting and you're excited and God's doing stuff right in front of your eyes, that's just as much a place where God has you as it is when you're struggling in the middle of changes. Amen? David had to spend time with stinky sheep in order for him to be prepared to be a king. And he still made a lot of mistakes. All the while, they were being prepared. Moses, to break God's, the biggest jailbreak, I think, ever, that ever was, Moses is prepared to do that. But the interesting thing we find through these examples is that that separation is blessed by God. And it's sacred, amen? It's sacred. Don't settle for simple things when God's calling you to deeper things. When he's asking you to go to some place where you've never been before and it's not comfortable and it's not familiar, but God's spirit will fall on you and he will speak to you and he'll bring out of you what he's planted in you and he'll give you what he wants you to have if you only devote yourself 100% to him. A word in scripture that's used is sanctification. It means to be set apart, consecration, that comes from separation. I'm so grateful that God separated me when I was younger and I understood that there's something about this Bible and there's something about the precious word of God. I don't know if you noticed, but for me, there's something about when a man of God walks to a pulpit and he's prayed up and he's on fire for God and it's not him that's there. He knows that he's not here because he's good looking or talented or He's not here because of all the things that he can do. He's here because there's anointed word in this earth. And there's a power of a seed in this word. And that when it's sown into the life of people, it brings forth something that no man can produce. Amen? And so whenever I was younger, I don't know about you, and I'm, I'm trying to get through this sermon because I feel the Holy Ghost just pushing me, Brother Maurice. I feel it. That whenever the man of God would walk to the pulpit, we had respect for God. We understood. And, I, you know, it wasn't like this where I'm playing drums and then I step up and I got to do three different things. I don't even care about that. But whenever I come to preach the word, I want you to know I'm getting myself out of the way. I'm separating Jonah out of the way so that God can move in and touch us. Amen? And I'm doing that because I recognize that his word is the only thing that can change us. And I remember as a boy, I remember that whenever guest speakers would come and missionaries and people that had given their life to God and had little huts to live in over in foreign countries, but they were winning people to God and they were praying people through and they were seeing people see God in a powerful way and they were bringing Pentecost to people. I, I, I would watch and I would watch them because as a little boy, you're like wide-eyed. You're like, wow, they're, they're a preacher. They're a man of God. They're a man, a woman of God, whatever. And they would stand over here and I, I noticed that whenever they would get ready to go up, the whole church used to lean in 
when the man of God got in the pulpit. And it's different now. It seems like it's just a communication or some sort of a brief. I watch online sermons from mainstream people that are now celebrities in Christendom. And they're, they're like watched by everybody. And, and, and there's still an anointing on some of their lives. But some of them, it's just literally some sort of presentation of the word. But I want you to know that there still is a church that believes in Pentecost. There still is a church that respects a man that gets prayed up and gets a word in their heart and goes to a pulpit and says, God can do something for you above and beyond what you've seen. He detoxed their life. And the church leaned in, expectant for God to do something. And when the preacher got to the point where the anointing took over the service, you didn't have to beg people to come to an altar. You didn't have to say, hey, let's all change over now. Let the musicians come. The musicians would step up because they knew that the the Holy Ghost was about to fall. And people would just get out of their pews and they would just walk to the front of the church as a testimony that I want more of what is being preached. I want more Pentecost in my life. I want more of God. And so I understand that the fruit of the Spirit is powerful. But the enemy doesn't just let that happen. In Matthew 13 and 24, it talks about where the enemy sows wheat and tares. And we have to understand the development, okay? In, in our devotion, there's development that takes place. But we have to detox first. You have to do that first, detox. Then you have to devote your life to God, 100%. You have to spend time in his word. If you're not praying and if you're not reading the word of God, you will not hear from him, amen? You have to have a devotion to God. So devote yourself to God. Devote yourself to the word. Devote yourself to spiritually clean living. Somebody say amen. Let God overflow over you. In one place in the scripture, they talked about being baptized with the Holy Ghost. The imagery is that God overflowed them, that what they were is no more, because what he's done is cleansed and purified. It is powerful, and it works in our life. Devotion creates a space a space for you to receive divine direction from God. I, I don't know if I can do this very well, but is there any football players here? Did anybody play football? Anybody? You play football, bro? Can I use you for a second? All right. It's, is it James? What was his? James. Yeah, that's right. Come on up here, bro. Everybody give James a big hand. <clears throat> All right, Nate. Nate, come here. Come here, Nate. I got to have you. Nate's going to be your defender, okay? All right. So what, what I want to talk to you about is the separation. We're talking about detoxifying. We're talking about devotion. Devotion also creates a separation to God. Because when you're listening to his voice, Brother Maurice, you're listening to his voice, you want to receive from God. You can't receive from God if you don't separate yourself from the world. Amen? I, I personally, right now, in this deeper series, I'm going to be going a whole lot deeper than I've been ever before. I'm totally de-Hollywooding my house. I'm taking every voice that's not of God out. Now, that seems quite strange maybe for some people but I have some videos and stuff that we like to watch as a family we spend some time I'm taking out all of that stuff out of my life because I want to go so deep that I experience the move of God in such a way that I know exactly what he's saying to me somebody asked me in the parking lot not too long ago how did God say that to you because you didn't know that I'm like because I clear everything out of the way I create a separation so that God can give me something to receive it's just like that with football okay as football go around on the other side okay we're gonna run a pattern come back over here bro 
You stay over there. Now, Nate, you got to get your hands out of your pocket because you're going to receive. You're going to be the receiver, okay? okay? All right. Okay. What we're going to do is is we're going to do we're going to use we're going to use my phone. Okay. You you got good hands. Now, I got to drop my phone. <laughs> All right, he's going to catch it. He's going to catch it. Okay. You know what a comeback pattern is? Awesome. What a comeback pattern is is whenever a receiver runs out from the line of scrimmage. He runs out, and he doesn't continue because he can't get around. Now, Nate, come and guard him real quick. Okay, I'm going to say hut, and you try to get around him. Nate, I want you to guard him like a madman, okay? You guys are going to be sweaty when you're done, okay? Here we go, okay? So what you're going to try to do is you're going to try to get to that wall. Don't break anything, but try to, try to juke it, okay? Try to get around him. Ready? Okay, get down. Here we go. Ready? Set. Hut. Go. Oh, oh, yeah. See, look. See what he did? Okay, so what happened was he couldn't get around the defender, right? He couldn't get around the person that was blocking him. That's like the enemy. You're like the devil, okay? <laughs> he can handle it, okay? You're like the devil today. So today, his, this is the devil, and this is a Christian, okay? And God wants us to receive things from him. But the problem is we haven't created enough separation from what the enemy's doing in our life for us to receive. So we sit there like, God, why haven't you done anything? Why aren't you here? And what happens is we don't understand a comeback route yet. And so what I want to teach you today is the comeback route. This is so good. I hope you like this. So what we're going to do is now this time you're going to go out and you're going to guard him a little bit, give him a little bit of space, but you're going to guard him and you're going to do a comeback, okay? And I'm going to hit you on the comeback. Ready? Set. Go. Hut. Right there. You see how he turned around? So now a literal comeback move is like this. Come back over here. Set, hut. There you go. See how he created that separation? See how he did that? Good job. Give him a big hand. Give him a big hand. Some people are not experiencing the full potential of Pentecost because they don't know and they don't understand what's called a comeback route. So what God does in our life is we're moving toward God and God's doing some great things for us. And God says, no, come back just a little bit because I want to create a separation between you and what's going on and so that I can give you a space to receive from God. Amen? So what does is he creates that space. But while he's creating that space, it feels like we're the middleman. It feels like we're in pain and struggle and heartache. And what's happening is God, God is drawing us backwards. It feels like we're going backwards, like we're not going forward. But all he's doing is creating a separation so we can receive the best from God. Ever receive from him. Oh, my goodness. So what God does is he puts his people in an upper room and he separates them. The church is moving forward. God is doing great things. Miracles are happening. And Jesus dies on a cross on a comeback route and tells his disciples, go into an upper room. I know Jerusalem killed me. I know that there is a, a sense of, of urgency about going back to Jerusalem because they're not receiving Jesus' name preaching. They don't like the disciples. But he says, if you go into the upper room and create a separation, I will come and I will fill you, and you will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Do you understand God's comeback route? Oh, hallelujah. So sometimes what we're looking at 
as arrested. Development is literally God giving us a turnaround and drawing us what feels like backwards and painful and we've already been through this and why am I not further than this in life by now? He's just creating a place for you to get what he wants for you. He's creating a space for you to be fully developed. Amen? Fully developed. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. So in Matthew 13, 24, do you guys have that for me? Praise God. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's give our tech people a big hand back in the back. They're constantly working. So Jesus, let me give this, and I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm almost finished. I know I'm excited. Thank, another parable put thee forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which soweth good seed in, the, in his field. Go on to the next verse. We're going to walk our way down. But while the men slept, everyone say slept. It is, it is an imperative. In fact, it is common for men to fall asleep. And because men sleep, this was a natural sleep. But I want you to know that this is talking about so much more as a parable. If we talk about the Holy Spirit being the planting of the Lord and that he put it in his church, that there is a place where the church falls asleep. And the church, I've come to tell you that the Holy Spirit was dealing with me and he had a message for somebody in this room and I'm trying to get at it. I'm, I'm really trying to dig at it. That somebody here is in a state of arrested development. I know it's not easy word to receive, but somebody here is in a state of arrested development. And in order for you to develop more, you have to understand that you have to come alive and you have to wake up and you have to be willing to let the Spirit quicken you. And it quickens our mortal bodies. The Spirit does that. But while men sleep, the enemy came. And so while we fall asleep, and while we become lethargic, and while we become exhausted, sometimes we can have a sense of arrested development, and the enemy can sneak in and can sow things into our lives that we didn't realize were there till we wake up. So I've come to preach to somebody, Pentecost is the day to wake up. Up, amen. Pentecost is a day to get real with yourself, get real with God, and get real with the things that are in your life. Because until you develop into somebody who's going to come alive, you will only be in an arrested state. So they slept, and the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheats and went his way. The enemy always sows where God sows because he can't change the seed, he can't say, change the spoken word. Right? He can't change the creative word of God. When God says it, he upholds it, he keeps it. It has to do what God says. So he can't change that. So he sows something else to devalue what God has planted. Because you can't change what that is. So if you look, but when the blades were sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Go on to the next verse. Which are weeds. We'll call them weeds, okay? The tares. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou sow good seed? They're like, was it the seeds problem? No, it's not the seeds problem. The problem of the church in this day is not the, the power of Pentecost planted in the life of the church. It's not the seeds problem. The seeds good, amen? It was the enemy that came while the church slept, amen? So what happened is, did thou sow good seed? They asked him in thy field, for whence have these tares come up? How did you have bad seed with good seed? And so the, the, 
the next verse says, so the servants, go on. He said unto them, an enemy hath done this. An enemy hath done this. It's not God that did that. It's an enemy that had done that. God creates light. Darkness has come sometimes. But it's not God that did that. The enemy created that. And, but they blame the, whole, the owner of the seed. Sometimes people blame God for things he didn't do. Amen? Okay, we'll move on. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go out and gather them up? Shall we take out the weeds? And he said, No, because whenever you take out what's good, you also, whenever you take out what's bad, you also pull out what's good. Amen? Go to the next verse. But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root also up the wheat with them. In other words, what he's saying is the two things have to grow together. And so my next point, you got to detox. you got to have a devotion to God. But you also have to be dedicated to developing your life. And when you develop your life, you have to realize that there's going to be good that grows with the bad all your life. And when people come to me, young men, and they're like, I'm trying to be successful, Pastor. I'm starting a business. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be good. I want to be good. I want to do good things. I want to make enough money for my family. I'm going to be successful. And then they get a few days, a few years down the road, and they're like, I'm trying to be successful. And guess what? I look at the car they drove in. Man, they're being successful. They got a nice house now. I'm trying to, they're still trying to be successful. And they have success. The problem is, they don't recognize the success because the more you get the more blessings you get the more burdens come with them because weed always grows with tares and when God plants a blessing in your life the enemy comes and plants a burden right next to it and what God is saying is when you come to the man of God and say God preacher why is this happening why is this going on I'm trying to be good I'm trying to be successful I'm trying to do the right thing but it just seems like so difficult for me to get this done to get through that schooling to get through this I'm just using different references okay you you fill in the blank okay but whenever you have your struggles you have to realize that both are going to grow together till we go home to be with the Lord amen so when you get to this place right now we despise not the day of small things amen we can celebrate a service in a church and I'm wrapping up we can celebrate a service in a church in the courtyard Marriott because there's going to be a place where we have our own building and we have our own bus routes and we have our own stuff going on. But with those things, with those things, there will be burdens with those as well. So the struggle we have to live Pentecost in this house, in this place, is no more than the struggle somebody has at a large church. Bigger buildings, bigger problems. So I can celebrate Pentecost as much as anybody else. I can celebrate what God is doing and planting in my life. Oh, I hope I'm getting to this for you. So the first thing we have to understand is we got to detox our life. That we need to develop our life. Or we need to devote our life to God. And then the last thing is we need to develop our life before him. My, I'm finishing with this. My grandmother, I think I'm done. Holy Spirit, I believe. I'm putting the wheels down. So seed and tongue, seed and tongue, bearing in us speaking forth out of us it's important that we understand that god does some really cool things sometimes we protect things more in our life than we do the holy ghost in our life and i want to caution you today that there's a tendency for us to be so exhausted and so busy in life that we fall asleep and we don't see the things of God the way he wants us to see them. And when we don't process them right, we don't process them through a life of devotion to God, and we don't process them through a, a separation where we can receive from God. 
then we will not have the development that he wants for us. And the Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. I spake as a child. I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Everyone say, grow up. I'd like to preach a whole series on grow up. <laughs> Just grow up. <laughs> preach a series right after that. It's called It Ain't Cute Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> grow up and then it ain't cute anymore <laughs> then the series I'll preach right after that is lose the bottle <laughs> then I'll preach eat some meat <laughs> so he says when I grew up I put away childish things I want you to notice that whenever you have to develop your life you have to put away childish things and grow up amen that's the order that we think happens. I'm going to put away the video games because now I have to work. I have to. I have a job. I have to. You know, there's things. Now, I'm not against video games. Don't get me wrong. But if you're playing video games till three in the morning and you're not making it to work on time, hello, somebody. You you've got a development issue. Okay. If my son is 18 and he's still wearing diapers, that's a development issue. Okay. That's a problem, right? But we don't often look at that in their spiritual context when someone is still living out of a bottle but they've been in church for 20 years it's a tragedy amen they haven't developed and so what I want you to know is that we have to encourage others to develop around us as we develop and so what happens is while we think we put away childish things to grow up the scripture says you grow up then put away childish things. It's reversed. So what you have to realize is when God fills you with his spirit, he begins to mature you. And as he grows you up, he tells you what are childish things to be laid down. That's not a thought you should be thinking anymore. That's not a way you should be speaking anymore. When I was a child, I reasoned as a child. Even reasoning is affected by the Holy Ghost maturing us. Amen? So we have to grow. Turn to somebody and tell them, grow up. And then turn to somebody else and say, put away childish things. Amen. That's what we have to do. Because God wants us mature Christians. Amen. Not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But we have to set our foundation. We have to know who we are and what we believe and stand on that. Amen. Join with me in gathering our hearts as we stand. My grandmother, I don't know if you know this, but in Alaska, the sun stays out till like midnight. And so you can grow these huge crops in Alaska. If you have a sunroom, you can grow tomatoes that literally are 25 pounds. Tomatoes. I don't know if you've ever seen this. They can grow cabbage literally the size of half of this room right here huge cabbages because the growing season is so long because there's light, amen, for so long. And when you begin to separate things out of your life, God puts more light in and he grows you faster and bigger and greater than you ever could have imagined you would be. He makes you more than you ever thought you could be because of the longer growing season in your life, amen? And some of us miss our season because we're in a state of arrested development. And I've just come to ask you, what is it you need to lay down? What is it you need to separate out of your life so that God can give you more life? 
light and more of your season of growth. I'm so interested in this because my grandmother used to put fences around her garden to keep out animals and she'd put scarecrows to keep out birds and she'd do all of this different stuff for a garden. But what are we doing for the garden of our heart where God has planted the seeds of Pentecost, where God has planted the seed of his spirit? What are we doing to guard it and to, and to keep out the things that would keep us from developing? Would you pray with me right now? Jesus, I don't know who's here that has felt like giving up because they don't see the development in their life. They felt like they've done everything they know to do. But God, they're speaking, and yet it's being processed back into their heart. God, would you give us the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost? You said with stammering lips and another tongue would he speak to his people. Would you let us become Pentecost today? If there's someone in this room right now who has never experienced the power of God, I want to invite you to sense and to feel God move.